Blog Talk Radio. Gonna tell you a little bedtime tale, legend it will become. Burgers flying out the door, sail on. Two for one, no concern for the future. Living for today. Fast food bite on your way, lay it all to waste. The masses are afflicted now. Moo, mad cow, mad cow, mad cow, mad cow, line dance song. Hey, Sangai Nation, welcome to the show on another Friday afternoon. Some show notes for you to start. If you're looking for some pro wrestling, tonight, WCWO at the Outlaw Arena in Indianapolis, Indiana, as usual. FGW in Hamilton, Ohio and K-E-P-W in Frankfort, Kentucky tomorrow. We will get to the other notes for tomorrow's shows later in the hour, but I want to get to our guest right away who has joined us, and I want to welcome someone you might know from the hit web show Snapchat. He is the consultant of Darren Corbin. Consultant, welcome to the show. We're excited to have you here. Scott, thank you so much. This is like the first time I've ever done one of these. I know Corbin's done a few, but uh, I'm nervous. I've been sweating profusely, and uh, I've had to go through like six undershirts already, which normally my max is three. So the idea that I'm at six is already pretty crazy, but uh, thank you for having me. Our pleasure. I'm glad we have you on today. And since it is your first time, I'm going to start you out with our traditional first-timer question. What led you to get into the consulting business for sports entertainer Darren Corbin? Well, I've never done wrestling before. And uh, a big part of it was, you know, I, I've helped a lot of variety of people. And, that, and that's the thing. It's all about helping people. And I, and I always try and... I, I had a gift for it, and I thought, you know, back in uh, back in school originally, I was thinking about either two careers. I was thinking about either being a consultant, or I was thinking about either being an Olympic uh, diver. And uh, that went south with an Achilles injury. So I decided that consultant would be my next best way to help people. Plus, the money seemed better. So I had never done anything with, like, sports, entertainment, pro wrestlers before, so when I got in contact with Corbin, the thing is, is I love a challenge. That's the biggest thing. I'm a, one of those, like, I love to have a challenge. So I, he seemed like the biggest one that I could possibly have. And being that I didn't really know too much about what was going on with, like, him or pro wrestling at the time, I had to do, like, so much research. I had to cram it all in. So I was, like, trying to learn all this stuff and, like, the lingo and the jogging and then, like, it was wild. It was like a whole different world. And I and I just, in my mind, I was like, you know what, this might be my biggest challenge today, but if I pull this off, it means big things for Reflection Think. And ever since people have seen what I've done with Corbin, they've been able to kind of take it one step farther and be like, oh, this, I mean, if he can do that for Tim, he can definitely turn my life around. And, then, and ultimately that's the goal. You know, like, um, it's like they always say, you know, the the best advertising is is is, is hoof and mouth, you know. It, it's when people are walking it and when people are talking it, and the, and they keep spreading what you're saying. That's the biggest thing. So uh, it's really been a great thing for me personally and for Reflection Zinc. Well, my co-host QT Vokes is standing by, and I know that he has some questions for you. And his time's a little bit limited today, so I'm going to give you over to QT for a bit. Okay. Well, uh, thank you, Sangai. Hello, Mr. Consultant. Hello. Thank you for having me. Now, Mr. Consultant, I saw your YouTube video entitled Episode 173, Snapped Chat with Darren Corbin, Dropping the Bomb. For our Turnbuckle Turmoil fans who have not seen this video, can you tell us what a toxic level of mascot Twitter is? Oh, my God. Dude, I didn't even know. I didn't even know until I thought. But, like, everybody's got their favorite. You know, it's, it's, you thought 
sports and fantasy drafts and stuff like that was crazy. But like, man, it's intense. And they, and they got gatekeeping, you know, like everyone's just like, no, you can't do that as a mascot. And I learned the first time ever that they had one slam dunk a basketball. Everyone's like, no, you stick to free throws, man. You don't do that. And it was like, they just thought it was a bunch of people showing off. It was like, it was like if Chris Angel, you know, came over into, like, David Blaine territory and was like, this is how I do magic. Poof. I just made the entire world disappear. And he's like, you've got to bring back the world. You can't do that. That's not magic. That's just, like, taking away everyone's living space. But that's the biggest thing, you know, like, people are very territorial. They uh, they really, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, it. I just was surprised, and uh, and and I won't even go on some of the language that they talked about. I will, I mean, man, it, you think some you think some wrestling stuff is vulgar. Well, this is who it's uncomfortable. Like it, you know, I, I'm not exactly like I'm not. I I got a flag that I can wave that you know I'm I'm innocent enough. But like I even this stuff makes me like makes me blush. And I and I've been around a couple people who have like you know, quite the potty talking mouth and this, oh man, these guys are intense. They, they, they really, they don't pull any punches. And uh, I think it's, I think they really, be, they really become whatever they are. Like if you're, you're a bull, if you're a Chicago bull, you are like, you're my China shop and I'm going to be like destroying all the fine China in here, which reminds me, I, I just, I, I actually broke a China plate the other day. Um, but I digress. Uh, you know, the, the, the mascots are just, they, they, they're loyal, fiercely loyal. They don't like newbies coming in. Uh, that's why I'm surprised that Gritty's doing so well. I'm, I'm really surprised by it. Uh, but I think it's because people are scared of them. You know, you gotta, you gotta rough people up. You can't come in looking cute. You gotta, you gotta show them that you mean business. Ah, I get it. Okay, all right. Do you believe that Eddie Guerrero would be uh, instantly accepted by mascot Twitter, or he could could have? Oh, I mean, time travel. I, I think Eddie's the best. Like one of the first people when I started like working with Corbin, I was like, I gotta figure out what pro wrestling is. And honestly, when I started watching, it was all Eddie. You know, like that was. And I was like, this guy's great, man. This guy's this guy's awesome. And I think I think the deal is is like it's hard to hate Eddie Guerrero. So like mascots, I think that's the one thing that might be able to have brought them together. I don't see them talk about it a lot, you know. Like, but you know, yeah. I mean, like you know, you know, you could tell me like you know if there was like a team that was like I don't know like the Bullfrogs or somewhere, and they were like from Baton Rouge or whatever, you know, like. So, you know, and they were like, with the, the bullfrogs, you know a mascot would be doing a frog splash. Like, you know that would happen. And they would be, and they would have got it from Eddie. That's just how it works. Like, I think, I think they would accept him full on. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Now, do you believe if you could time travel and you could uh, uh, teleport Darren Corbin anywhere, would your first choice be to transport in time Darren Corbin to the well- wedding of Billy and Chuck. Well, you know, the funny thing is, I learned this, by the way. Did you know that that was in Minneapolis? Minneapolis? I did not know that. It yeah. is. So, like, now, I don't know. In this time, like, in my mind, I think that in order to do time travel successfully, uh, you know, I feel like it shouldn't just be for the rich because then we would just got like that, you know, uh, Jeff Bozos or whatever, just flying a, a time machine into space that looks like a giant dick. And he would probably go back to like 1984 or something like that. Not even anything big. So, like, I feel that time travel should be a thing that everybody can do and it should be government funded. But I, I, you know, I digress, but that's just because a man can dream. That's what I think. So if I could transport him back to the wedding, I mean, let's face it. I mean, he, it wouldn't be far. It would just be same location. Primarily. I wouldn't have to do much to like send him to, it would just be a matter of getting the timing down. Right. But Corbin would probably be the guy that would warn Billy and Chuck that that was Bischoff all along. Like, he would be like, no, there's going to be a three-minute prior warning. 
And he would tell them ahead of time, which who knows how that would have gone down. I mean, like the idea that Corbin could alter history is scary, man. Because, like, listen, I know Corbin better than a lot of people do. I've been working with him for, you know, however long, however many weeks we've been doing this, however many years we've been doing this. And, and during, like, the quarantine and everything, I mean, I'm practically like his best friend, I kind of think so. But I think the biggest aspect that I have there is, like, anytime, and I'll be the first to admit, bringing him back in time. Uh, to change or, like, possibly alter history, uh, even no matter how small. But I just – it would be a big what if. Like, what would happen? if What would he, what would he do? And, and we know him. Uh, weddings aren't really his thing. So, like, he could probably end up inadvertently crashing it. Uh, and, and I worry about that. I do. I really worry about what he would do with all that power. So uh, I think if we transported him back, it, it, it could definitely alter this timeline. But, uh, you know, for, for Billy Gunn and Chuck Palumbo, they probably would both be like seven-time world champions by now, which uh, I feel is both long overdue. Oh, okay. Very candid. Very candid. Okay. All right. Well, Mr. Consultant, I took a, a very good look at your, um, how would you say, photography demeanor. You cut a swashbuckling figure. You remind me of a, of a character on Saturday Night Live called Clifton Slay. Now, he was a lounge singer that had your hairstyle and his mustache. And this Clifton Slay was, some people claim that he was not a very good lounge singer. And he liked prime rib and he sweated a lot. And some, there are rumors out there that Andy Kaufman was like a consultant to Clifton Slay. Have you yourself seen Clifton Slay, the lounge singer? I believe that hails from New Jersey on Saturday Night Live. You know, I've never met the guy, but it sounds like we probably have a lot in common. Now, first of all, I told you I'm a very sweaty man when I get nervous. I mean, I've... And just in this interview alone, I've gone through my seventh undershirt. And so, uh, you know, like, I mean, I've just been, whew, I've been, I mean, I mean, it's like uh, there's a heat advisory going on in my armpits. That's what it's like right now. Now, I have never really been one myself to dabble in the singing. Uh, that's never really been my thing. Um, I've dabbled in instrument playing. Uh, you know, I play a couple different instruments. Um, in lounge singing, I, I got respect for it. I'm not going to lie to you. I, you know, I definitely think that you got to be talented to do it. And as far as eating prime rib, I mean, like, let's face it. If this guy here could eat prime rib every single meal, I would. But, I, I, you know, it's, it's those final things in life. But motivated, uh, a guy like that would need a consultant along the lines of, like, an Andy Kaufman, you know, because, like, if anybody's going to take it to the next level, it's old, it's old AK, you know, that's what, uh, that's what it used to go by for a lot of people, AK. And um, I think it's a big motivator for me. I think that's one of the biggest things that you can kind of see uh, come out is, like, when you're, like, you can pull somebody who people don't know maybe as well. And you can take the weaknesses, whatever they may be, sweatiness or, or beef sweats or, or rib sweats or whatever, prime sweats or whatever, and, and you go to yourself and you think, well, how I, what can I do with this guy to make him a household name or make him, a, or make him feel good, you know, make him at the top of his game? You know, I don't know much about lounge singing. I don't know how competitive or who's got a, you know, a figure hold on the, the market there, but as far as it goes, I've never really crossed paths with too many. It might be something I'm not saying I'm not down to take it on later. Not wouldn't be opposed to it. But, uh, yeah, I've never crossed paths with this guy. But, I mean, that's a heck of a name. But uh, also I want to touch base on something with the hair. You know, the thing about the hair is, like, it takes a long time to get those curls the way that I got it. Uh, I, somebody told me back in elementary school, they were like, Curls get the girls, and uh, from then on, I started getting perms. You know, I, I was like, <clears throat> perms are not just for poodles anymore, and uh, I started doing it myself. And it takes a while, you know. Like you got to always sleep with a cap on. You got to have that so that your your hair stays nice and tight. The tighter the curl, what happens is it, it gets it unravels, 
uh, you know, throughout the day, the humidity, which is which is tough, uh, really pulls, you know, which is odd because it doesn't really affect the mustache all that much. Not really, nothing really affects ash, you know, like except chocolate milk that just gets in there and just stays in there. That bubble gum, I guess, but not at the same time. No one drinks bubble gum and, and chocolate milk, but. You know, I just want to specify all the work that goes into my hair. It, it takes a takes quite a bit to make that work. Um, but we we're talking about lounge singing, and uh, yeah, I've never met the guy. Oh, okay. Well, I just did a quick check, and his name is not Clifton Slay; it's Tony Clifton. And there is a YouTube oh. video that I am going to assign you as a Turnbuckle Turmoil homework assignment. It is for you to look up the YouTube video, Tony Clifton, on the Letterman Show, David Letterman, uh, February 18th, 1982. And you will see this guy that I'm talking about, and he looks just like you. Ha! Huh. No, I got to be honest, I haven't done homework for a long time, and so uh, I don't know, is this a pass or fail assignment, or are we talking about the ABCs and the Ds? Oh, I think I think you're pretty much like a 90% a dead ringer for Tony Clifton, plus the way you speak. Yes, it's very what? refreshing. Yeah. No one that, no, my, I have a voice of an angel, man. I do. I really do. I got a voice of an angel. My mom used to tell me that all the time. Like, she would, you know, like she would take me to church and she would be like, listen to the way he speaks. It's like he's been, uh, he's been browsed in cinnamon, man. So we'll see. You know, I'm going to check this out out of curiosity. As they always say, uh, curiosity cuddles the cat, you know, the, the famous saying that. So uh, I just, uh, yeah, you know what? You got me intrigued now. I'd have to take a look at it. Oh, okay. Well, you'll find out Tony Clifton had a very good voice, too. And at this time, I'm going to turn it back over to Sign Guy. And if you like this character, Tony Clifton, on YouTube, I think Darren Corbin will, too. Yes. Back to you, Sign Guy. Thank you, QT. Well, consultant... Very recently, you won a very prestigious EFI award. I'm sure is one of the highlights in your consulting career. Can you tell us about this award that you won? Oh my gosh, dude! Let me tell you something. Awards are the best. They make you feel like you're doing something, you know, and. And granted, there's different awards for consultants and, you know, consultant, uh, consultations and all that stuff. And, and even one time Reflections, Inc. won uh, for, uh, you know, best landscaping in our area, which was an award I was proud of because I bought the daisies, man. I bought them, you know, and I, I got to have a green thumb to keep those babies alive. You know, it's not just water and soil. But when I won this FBI, I was pretty impressed. Uh, you know, the thing about it, I didn't know that I was even in the running for it. I didn't know there was a category for it. So when it showed up and it was all nicely wrapped in, like, a purple box with, like, purple and gold-tinted uh, ribbon and everything, <clears throat> and when I unraveled it, I was like, man, this thing is a thing of beauty. That's right. Corbin, on the other hand, was upset he's not going to admit it but he was upset because i think he doesn't like that i get more recognition i'm slowly you know i would say that we're co-hosts of this show co-hosts of snapchat but really deep down i think we all know who the sky is i think we all know that it's uh, it's me i mean like if you're tuning into snapchat because you want to see something different you're watching me and i think over the years we've kind of seen corbin go through quite a variety of ups and downs and more downs and ups lately. So when I got this award, I think it's a recognition for everything that we do as, as in the consultant business. Remember, I told you I wanted to help people. And when I can help the bottom of the barrel, that's what I'm looking for. That's why I accepted this challenge. And it has cost me many sleepless nights. And a lot of people will say, you probably got a lot of gray hairs on your head, and I tell you, no, I do not because I take care of my hair. That's the biggest thing. I told you my regimen for my hair. But 
Corbin was upset. He didn't get an Effie, and I did. And I said, uh, you know, like I asked him after we were done rolling, I was like, are you jealous of the Effie? And, he's, and he, he, was, he shrugged it off. And I said, did you want to get an Effie? And then I was like, well, what would, you know, like Effie's off of people of, uh, of outstanding effluence. And, and I said, what are you doing to prove that you deserve an Effie? And he didn't have an answer for me. And I said, you should strive to be like how I am today. And I think it also makes him a little upset that he was considered a down-on-his-luck pro wrestler because he brought it up to me. He said, you know what, I'm not even the Corbin who's the worst off. And I was like, one lost a crown, the other's you. So um, let's face it, your brother's doing a little bit better than you are still right now. Even though it's not going as well as when he was king, You've never really had a crown. So, uh, yeah. So I just kind of thought to myself, whatever. You know, like, I, you know, jealousy rears its ugly head, but that's another challenge we're going to face. And uh, I guess what I'm trying to say is it was an awesome award. It made me feel good. It made me feel really good. And uh, yeah, I just, uh, I really take great pride in it. Now, in the last episode of Snapchat, Darren Corbin said he was going to have a place for you to put that Effie Award. I immediately thought he was going to build you a really nice oak trophy case, maybe, or maybe he had spotted a place on your desk to put the award. I learned through the Twitter he actually meant it was going to go into a place I don't think Effie ever imagined that trophy to go. Were you as shocked as I was when Darren Corbin had a suggestion on where you could put your Effie? He probably said my butt, didn't he? He really did. Ah, uh, that Corbin, he's always, he's always making poopa jokes. You know, he's always like, he always says stuff like that, like, I'm going to kick your butt or, you know, like I'm gonna, I'm gonna make you, uh, I'm gonna take your butt off or whatever he says. I'll tell you this right now: my Effie is not in my butt, and uh, I'll be the first to tell you that while it might just be big enough to be the max decimal to get inside my butt, I don't want to try it. I mean, I'm not, I, I don't know how, I'm not I can tell you how I know how much things could fit. But uh, he never tried, never tried. I think it was just a threat. I think he was just like, yeah, I'm going to put that in your butt. And, uh, you know, it's like what those kids, you know, the kids used to say in the the schoolyard, you know, like, don't make me break my foot off in your ass. And, uh, or, you know, even the Stone Cold Steve Austin, he always used to say stuff like, I'm going to stomp your ass and walk it dry and stuff like that. I think that's what he's doing. He's just being an Attitude Era kid. But let's face it, uh, you know, like, I don't want him building me a trophy case either. You know, like, it's going to probably fall apart. That's the main thing that's going to happen. Well, I'm glad that that's not where that trophy ended up. I was a little concerned for this week until you just told me that, in fact, that's not where it went. Oh, yeah, it's safe. Trust me, it is safe. It is not in my butt. That seems unsanitary, especially in this day and age. Well, I'll tell you what right now, just uh, while we're on the topic of it, for all those listening, I got a very clean rectum. I take care of it. Uh, I don't bleach it because I like its natural color, but uh, it's clean. I'm just letting you know. It's totally clean. No, don't don't believe, believe the dark sheet. Because uh, there's no dirt in this pooper, I'm telling you that. I'm glad to hear that. Now, Darren Corbin took a while off. Uh, he was out for over a year, uh, didn't wrestle in that time. He just recently came back. At any point in his Hiatus, did you consider switching guys and consulting anyone else that may have been a little more active, or is Darren Corbin 
your primary focus and the only person that you want to consult right now? You know, I'm very loyal. I'm just going to make sure that's very clear right now. And I told you I was going to be with him through thick and thin. I was going to stick by him. So it only made sense that he was my only dude, man, that I was sticking by. And, uh, you know, we butt heads a lot. Not going to lie to you there, we, we do butt heads. So, uh, I, but, but that's the challenge. That's the challenge. Uh, like, I never once thought about trying to help anybody else. Uh, you know, the, the world is, is weird right now. And uh, it wasn't really in my best interest to take on any other wrestling clients. You know, like, he's a full-time job with overtime. And, but it leads to getting great benefits, I'll tell you that. And uh, I've really, you know, I've really kind of considered it a big undertaking where just this task alone is worth, like, four other clients' time as far as all the stuff I got to do. I don't know if there's better people or worse people, but what I know is he needs me. He needs me out there a lot. And uh, I'm always going to stay loyal to the people who need me because, uh, you know, at any point that could change. But you always remember who is there for you, you know, and I'll get him where he needs to go. And I'll always, I'll always be good, always make sure that I can be good for him. So, uh, no, I didn't think about taking on anybody else because uh, loyalty is important to me. Uh, I've always been raised to always, you know, you stand by your crew, you know, like you always – that's how it is. Uh, a lot of people always say that I have a very, uh, you know, what is it, um, archaic way of think, uh, thinking because, like, I'm, I'm fiercely loyal. I'm like those, um, what are they called, Spartans? Is that what the movie 300 was about? That's what I kind of feel like. And uh, I always uh, I always stick by my dude, and he's my dude. So, uh, no, I didn't go looking, and uh, that's okay. Because uh, just wait. He's, he's going to strap a rocket to his back, and he's going to go up. So you just wait. Now, in a given day, especially now that he's back to doing things in a working sense, how many phone calls do you get from Darren Corbin wanting to consult you with various things in his life? Does he call you to consult you on the menu at the restaurant he's dining in that particular day? Does he call you to consult on what to wear of a morning? Does he call you to consult on if he should hit an arm drag or a hip toss on a certain opponent? What's the number like for the number of consulting calls you get? Well, Corbin's not, he's not really a, uh, not really a phone guy, but I get a lot of like, text messages or I get a lot of photos like, you know, uh, he'll send me something and be like, look at this guy over here. Should I ginger snap him? And it's like, dude, you're at a funeral. Like, don't do that. Uh, why would you do that? Um, but the other thing is, is, you know, like, he'll ask me every now and then, and the thing that I think is tough, like, we have our, okay, so we have our weekly meetings. We talk about a lot of stuff. We do our Snapchat stuff, and then we talk a little bit about it, and I sort it out. There's a lot of stuff you don't see. There's a lot of stuff that we cover that we don't see, but we do our weekly meetings. It keeps him in line. Normally, he doesn't stray too far unless something comes up. However, however, it's Corbin. He's always going to find a way to do something weird, and he's going to do something odd, and I'm going to get these calls, these complaints, because now I'm tied to him. So I got all this stuff going on. And anytime it's like a PR nightmare, guess who's the first one they call? So I'm trying to knock those down before. I told them, I'm like, let me handle these things. If you need a second opinion, I can do that. And, and normally I would say like once a week I might get a text. It's generally late, so it's really odd timing. And uh, he'll advise, you know, like, should I do this? Or, or did you see what so-and-so said? I should rebuttal. And it's like, dude, take a step back. You don't have to comment on everything. You don't have to post everything. And that's the one thing that he's been listening to me a lot on. You know, he's, he's a lot better on social media. You know, he's, um, you know, social media, he's pretty good on. So uh, what I tell him is, you know, like, think of it. Why? 
the 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 who who why the who and how do you think this is going to help you and uh generally i'll get something that will be like fine or okay or then i just see it on the news that he did it anyway and it's just i don't know it like i said it's an uphill battle and uh, but i i told him i'm there for you 24 7 one time he called me uh, he or didn't call me but he sent me a uh, he sent me a video uh, via his phone at 4:30 a.m. and uh, you know I couldn't tell what exactly was going down. I couldn't tell if he was tipping a cow or if it was a small child or why there was a small child up at 4:30 in the morning that he was pushing over. But you know whatever it was, um, I just asked him. I said, "Why? Why are you doing this? And and what what caused you to do this? And who is that? Is that somebody's kid? Or is that a damn cow?" And I said. How do you expect me to explain this when they find out that if that is a kid and you tipped him, I have to be like, he had tipped his little kid because he thought he looked, you know, like uh, he thought he looked fun to tip over. Or maybe the kid said something to him. I don't know. You, you've seen it. He's been punched in the face before. So uh, maybe it was that same. I don't know. Maybe it was the same kid. I don't know. Maybe it was tipping him over. But like, just it's never a dull moment. And uh, you know, I whenever I hear that 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 chirp that my phone makes, you know, like, cause you can set ringtones, you know, to make it so if people call you or they text you, whatever it might be, if they do that, it makes a certain noise on your phone. That's how I know it's him. I find him his own one, you know, and so it's basically, the sound is actually him saying, yeah, you know, it's basically just telling me to shut up is what it is. Cause I was suggesting some ideas. He didn't like it. I caught him in the act. So I recorded it, put it on the phone. Now every time he messages me, that's what pops up. So that's what happens. That's how it goes down. That's what that's what it is. Anyway, I would say once a week, but a lot of times, like if something comes up, but depending on the week, I might hear from him a little bit more. Generally, I have to be the voice of reason, and I'm saying, and I tell him all the time, I'm like, you know why I'm telling you this? We've talked about this before, and sure enough. Sometimes he listens to me, sometimes he doesn't. Sometimes we have to talk about it on the next Snapchat and figure out how we're going to go from here. But whatever, he's still around, and he hasn't done anything totally stupid yet. Not too stupid. Well, hopefully that day never comes. Now, QT wants to know something else. He asked me to ask you if you have ever heard of Livenwick's the gerbil on South Park. Uh, like the actual gerbil, or like the guy who, pl- or like the gerbil who played the gerbil. I'm guessing he means the gerbil that plays the gerbil, but that's conjecture on my part. Is that is that that gerbil that was like lost in the butt? I believe so. Oh, yeah, I've seen that gerbil. I mean, not in person, but I've seen him, like, on the show. I saw him get stuck in a butt before. I was like, that's not, that's no place for a gerbil. Like, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that shouldn't go in butts, but, like, a live, and and I don't think it's believable that a live animal would live in a butt for that long. But, you know, whatever. It was, I get it, it it's for the show. Maybe it was a special kind of butt, and they were able to, harvest uh, or, you know, like maybe it had enough air for a gerbil to live in. But I, I'm normally used to people being like, there's a lot of methane in a butt. And uh, I'm not one to study butts. I'm not a proctologist. But uh, I think uh, I think it was kind of over-embellished. But I'm glad that, uh, you know, like he made it. He seemed to be alive, I think. Imagine the joy in everyone's life if that gerbil were to come out carrying an Effie. Oh, you mean from my butt? I wouldn't put a gerbil in my, I wouldn't even put the Effie in my butt. I mean, like, how many things can we fit in a butt? I think is the weirdest question that we got right now, but I, I don't want him to, I mean, like, if I, I, or maybe for other people, maybe they're like, hey, look at this award that we found in your butt. I mean, that could be cool if it was, like, world's cleanest butt, and then there was an award in there, but maybe it would be prior to having – because, like, mostly clean butts don't have awards or gerbils in them yet, 
plus if you're trying to make it comfortable for the journalist. I don't know. This is weird. Um, I've never really thought this much about having things in my butt, but that would be an interesting combination of the two things. It would, and I bet it doesn't even come to Darren Corbin's top 15 strangest things he's been asked on this show. So I don't know why you were so nervous. You have it better than Corbin, I think. Oh, thank you, man. I, like I said, I've been super nervous about this. It's my first one. I want to make sure it's entertaining. I know you guys really like Corbin, so I was like, I got to live up to the hype. And not a lot of people ask me to do these things, so uh, it was really fun to be a part of it. I don't know why they haven't asked, but I'm glad you're here. Now, in addition to being a consultant, we learned a few months ago over on the Twitters that you were thinking of having your own wrestling event on December 22nd on a frozen lake in Minnesota. I was willing to beg for a spot on that card. I was going to put it out there. I wanted to be there. What's the status of that December 22nd frozen lake in Minnesota show? So the deal was I wanted it to be one of those floating ring deals. I thought that would be super cool. And they were like, it's not going to work. And I was like, what do you mean it's not going to work? What we do is we find a lake, we put a ring on it, it floats. Trust me, it will float. And then they were like, well, it's December. I was like, that's perfect. Nobody else is doing floating rings in December. And then they were like, well, what lake do you want to do it on? And I was like, well, let's do it on a big lake. And they were like, well, if you put it too big, then people aren't going to be able to see it. I was like, well, you know what? You people can drive the boat out to it because that, that would be how it is. But apparently some bigwig at the Minneapolis Department of Agriculture and Water Conservation is – kind of bucking the system. And I'm not going to say his name on here, but we're just going to say if it were to be hypothetical, it would be like Sean McAfee. And we'll just go with that. Uh, it doesn't, it's, not, it's not that, but it's close to that. And uh, old, uh, old Sean, uh, what, he, what he's saying is uh, you've got to have all these restrictions to make sure that it's safe. You know, he's like, it's a lake. People could drown, and if you do this, and they get thrown overboard, and all this stuff. And he's like, and then there's zoning. And I was like, you know what? I say people go on the lake all the time. Do you you telling me that they got a zoning permit all the time? And the answer is probably no. Half of them don't even have boating lakes. You know, like, again, how many people are going through boating obstacle courses? Be out there? All I want to do is I just want to put a, I just want to put a floating ring out there. That's all I want to do. I just. Have the ring out there. Have people come and watch. Have a good time. But this guy, man, dude, this guy is doing a flow. He, he's just, he acts like this is the worst idea. And uh, I'm just like, I think it would be great. And, and, and you know, you know that if this show makes money, you know this. If this show were to make money, he would be the first guy to be like, give me a cut of that. You know, like, I helped make that happen. I'd be like, no, man, you know what? You made it so hard for me to do this. You made it so hard for me. And he's still trying to go zoning permits, safety regulations. Like, he told me I need, like, a bunch of lifeguards on duty. He told me that I need to make sure that the ring is at least going to be in a certain stage where, so, like, it has to be floating out at least over a certain amount of time. But he said that that's going to be hard because it's the December, I was like, it's not going to be hard. December is actually going to be the easier of the deals. Uh, he told me that in, in how am I going to enforce tickets and safety and make sure that I can't serve alcohol because you can't vote and drive, which is good advice. It is good advice, but I don't expect that to be the draw. I expect the wrestling to be the draw. But, man, it's like every single month there's something new, and they just keep saying are you sure you want to do this in December? And I'm like, man, I'm sure I have this plan ever since I watched the Nitros. So um, I don't know, man. I, you know, if anything, it's the big wigs just trying to get a cut of what I'm trying to do. And I'm not a fan of that. I'm not a fan of it. It's, it's, this is my venture. I'm just trying to make a dream come true. And um, I don't know. It, it's, 
you know, I'm going to fight it. I'm going to, I'm going to tell you that right now. We're going to fight uh, all the way. That's what we're doing. We're going to fight this. And just between you and me and your listeners and everybody, uh, you know, like, we'll figure this out. We'll find a way. And uh, I'm not going to give up easy. I just want everyone to know that. I'm not, uh, I'm not one to just roll over put my tail between my legs so it looks like a fake wiener. I don't do that. I, if I have anything between my legs, it's a real wiener. And I, I want to do a show. And someday I'm going to do it, man. I'm going to do a show. And they're going to be like, that was the guy who could have ran a floating show. Maybe I'll buy my own lake. Maybe I'll just get a lake or a really big pool, whatever it is. Because, you know, there's a lot, of, a lot of big bodies of water around here. I'll figure something out. But right now it's just been such a It's been such a pain, man. You wouldn't even believe it. I just hope you get it all figured out. And somehow, some way, December 22nd is still a viable day because I've planned it out. It's in my date book. Really? You you excited for this? You really excited for this? Yeah, I was. Dude, I want to be excited for this. Like, I, I think it's a great idea. I think it's a great idea. It reminds me of what they do in Idaho every December 31st where they rustle outdoors when it's roughly 15 to 20 degrees, and they do a show outside, and they're just wearing a little pairs of spandex shorts is all. See, I know out in Idaho when it hits, you know, December, it should get, you know, right around New Year's. It's uh the two things about Idaho you can count on on December 30th. One, it's going to be chilly. And two, there's going to be lots of potatoes. You know, there's going to be lots of potatoes. They do have a potato bowl championship there. What do you got to do to win that championship? Maybe I should get Corbin involved with this. You just have to beat the current potato bowl champion is all. It's just like they're secondary championship is called the Potato Bowl Championship. If he beats the guy that holds that title, he'd be Potato Bowl Champion. Oh, so it's kind of like uh, like a normal match if he would beat him. In. I, so I, when you said Potato Bowl, and I thought it was like you bowl a potato down at a bunch of pins. I was like, are the pins made out of potatoes? Uh, is the belt made out of oh, the belt was made out of potatoes? Ooh, that'd be good. Uh, now I'm craving French fries, man. Now you got me craving those Frenchy fries. I think they were going to make the belt out of a potato, but then they realized in the summer months that was going to be a horrible idea. Yeah, those things like the sprout, man, which could be a cool-looking belt if you had a sprouty potato on it. But, uh, you know, like, God, they do smell. Have you ever Have you ever left a potato in your pantry for, like, more than six years? Not for more than six years. Oh, dude, it's the worst. Worst smell ever. I had to move. I just burned down the freaking house. Well, that seems fair. Well, let's see. I think QT may have another question. QT, we asked your South Park question, but did you have anything else? Um, Mr. Consultant, did Sign Guy ask you about Lemmy Winks the gerbil? We did he did. That you know, we, were talking, we were talking about a lot of butt stuff. I, I was like, this this interview is going wild. I didn't think. I don't know if Corbin talked about butt stuff as much as I got to talk about butt stuff, but it, it's been pretty wild. Is there any chance that, that you could put on a community play for charity where Darren Corbin will play uh, uh, Mr. Slave and you could play Mr. Garrison in the classroom? Charity. I don't know if we could get the rights to that. Those South Park guys own all that stuff, right? Isn't that a tough thing? I mean, like, I, I'm just trying to spitball out here. I'm just trying to think, like, a lot of times, like, those characters are copywritten because, like, it's, it's tough sometimes to get the rights to it. I think, I think uh, Paul Orendorf, who recently passed away, would have made a good Mr. Slave. Paul Orendorf. R.I.P. Paul Orendorf. Yes. Okay. Well, uh, I have to get back to uh, scouting the parking lot. 
with catalytic converter thieves. But good luck, good luck in your Tony Clifton homework assignment. I appreciate you guys so much. And as you know, I'm a busy guy myself, so I understand. So I'll be checking this out. But I got some stuff that I need to do coming up here very soon. I got another client coming. Not a wrestler, not a wrestler, but I got a client coming. Oh, well, I don't want to keep you from missing your appointment or anything like that. But if there's anything that you want to plug or promote, uh, say anything you'd like to the listeners, floor is all yours well well uh the biggest thing that i can say is if you watch snapchat every single week that would be awesome that makes corbin feel good when people are watching the show the other big thing is i am on the twitter it is consultant is in and the main thing you can do is support corbin any which way you can Patreon is the best. If you do his Patreon, it's just patreon.com backslash Darren Corbin, which I'm finally learning all these URLs is what they're called, or the World Wide Web, the www. That's the best way you can support him. Join the YouTube channel. Join the Patreon. And, man, this was so much fun. I'll tell you this right now. I really appreciate it. I love the support that you guys give me even because, uh, you know, like I feel like I'm doing something right. I think you are. I always enjoy Snapchat. That usually comes out on Sundays. Am I correct there? You are correct. We try and do it every Sunday, try and get it on Sundays. Sometimes we've got some stuff that pushes it back, but it's uh, it's always worth it. Absolutely. I watch every single week, always look forward to it. I always follow you on the Twitter, but not literally because that would be creepy. Right, right. I I remember, you know, stock of the the, the 70s, man, it was stockers everywhere. They were following like that, uh, whatever that actress was, like Joni Foster or whatever. Yes, yes. Sometimes they would take shots at people in the name of stalking poor Miss Foster, yes. Well, I know you have your appointment, and I look forward to Snapchat this Sunday. And also, is there, if people would like to send you something, a P.O. box where they could do so? All right, man, I know what you're getting at, because this guy right here, he messes it up a lot. So I'm really sorry about that, but the last one did find its way here, which is good. So I share the P.O. box with Corbin, because it's easier that way. I lost my P.O. box in my fourth divorce. But the biggest thing is it's three two two zero six. That's the peel box. Three two two zero six. Fridley, the city, Minnesota, five five four three two. Which is the thing that I mess up all the time because there's a three in the one, and then I think there's two threes in the first one. But I always mess it up, and then I always do it wrong. But I've always been notorious for sending the wrong bills and the wrong stuff to the wrong address. I've even messed up my own address, and that's why the liver drivers and diners and dashes and all that go daddy thing stuff, whatever it is that they do, they always deliver to the wrong house because I always forget what address I'm telling them. That makes sense, and... I can relate. I once forgot my home address for several days and could only remember the name of the arena where I had wrestled the day before. It happens, man. It happens to the best of us. It does. It really does. Well, hopefully some mail will come your way. I know that you and Corbin love to get mail and to share it on Snapchat, so hopefully some people will keep that tradition going for you. Oh, I would love that. We would share it. We do it. We always share it. Let's keep it coming. All right. Well, Fans Sunday, you can find Snapchat. Go to the YouTubes and look up Snapchat. They post it on all the social medias. You can follow the consultant, but not literally, over on the Twitters. Always entertaining. He always consults Darren Corbin into doing some great things, so support what they are doing. Uh, We will be back with you Sunday afternoon. We have the great 
George Napolitano with us as we continue with Photography Month. And then one week from this very day, we will be back with you with ring announcer and timekeeper out of the Vermont area, Mike Blair. So make sure you have plans to be with us. And as we close out today, uh, we've had a pretty rough week in the wrestling business. We lost a few legendary names. Jody Hamilton, one of the assassins, uh, a man that worked behind the scenes at WCW for a long time, running the Power Plant Training School, and the father of referee Nick Patrick. He passed away this week, as did longtime manager, commentator, and promoter uh, Burt Prentice. He was instrumental in the early days of TNA Wrestling as well, helping uh, find talent for that promotion. And then we also lost yesterday legendary, beautiful Bobby Eaton. Um, he was, of course, very, very famous, longtime WCW star, wrestled for a lot of the bigger territories in his career. So as we close out the show today, in honor of them, we're going to hit the 10-bell salute. 